This is Lab Medicine Rounds, a curated podcast for physicians, laboratory professionals, and students. I'm your host, Justin Kreuter, the Bowtie Bandit of Blood, a transfusion medicine pathologist at Mayo Clinic. Today, we're rounding with Dr. Maggie DeGuardo, Associate Medical Director of Cellular Therapy, the Impact Lab, which is the research arm of cellular therapy at Mayo Clinic. And she's also an attending in molecular genetic pathology oncology here at Mayo Clinic. And thanks for coming and joining us today, Dr. DeGuardo. I really appreciate it. Thanks, Dr. Kreuter. Nice to be here. It's good to see you. You're coming right on the coattails. We had uh, your colleague, uh, Dr. Dietz, come and talk to us about uh, cellular therapy. And I really wanted to kind of pair your perspectives with his perspectives, particularly because I think this is such a, a really innovative new area, given the fact that you're kind of wearing these multiple hats, you understand the clinical side of cellular therapy as well as the research side. Let's just kick it off with, from your perspective, why is cellular therapy an important topic for our audience, our listeners to kind of have a little familiarity with? lab medicine pathologists, physicians, and students. Why is it important to appreciate cell therapy? I think the easy answer to that is it's good for our patients. It's typically safe. It's typically very effective. And it's really versatile. So there aren't a lot of drugs out there that you can say that about. And it's good for our patients. And so ultimately, that's what we work for. Whether you're in the lab or you're on the floor rounding on them or you're learning about them in the classroom, it's why we do what we do. And it's cool. So I think at the end of the day, you know, it's so interesting. So let's talk about it. I, I think let's underline that and highlight that for the listeners, right? It is cool. I think that's probably, I, you know, I asked the why question many times out of the gate, and I think that's the best answer so far <laughs> for everybody to check out. I, I think that one of the things that's really interesting you're pointing out is here's this new therapeutic modality, and physicians are used to looking at pharmacology, and this this is really a, a new pharmacology, it sounds like, that's evolving. And like what you're saying is this is really there's a lot of rigor built into this. And so there's opportunities for clinicians to partner uh, with cellular therapy colleagues for projects, certainly students for research this area. I can't even imagine what it's like <laughs> to kind of herd these research efforts into something that can make progress. But yeah, I think probably at the end of the day, the best way to think about it is it, it's, it's just cool. So we, we can pivot here and I can ask you, since, since we're talking about cool, what's your origin story for getting into this, this world of cellular therapy? Sure. That's a great question. Um, and one, actually, I like this story quite a bit. So I was a clinical pathology resident and I was in residency. So in second year, we take call and it's terrifying um, when you first start <laughs> because you're in there on Saturdays and you're looking at all the peripheral smears. And for all of you CP, heme path people out there, you're terrified you're going to miss a blast, right? And everything looks like a blast and they all, <laughs> all of a sudden, everything looks the same. So it's just my second week. I put the slide down and even I could see just fulminant leukemia on this slide. I looked at my patient, it's an eight-year-old little girl, and I called the clinician and we had a long talk and I had the privilege of talking to a clinician that was really willing to teach, even though I wasn't on his service. So it was fantastic. And I said, what are we going to do for this little girl? So it was recurrent. And he started talking about her options, transplant and this CAR T. And this was like 2014-ish, you know, so relatively new. 
And, and for I our listeners, could you just, what is CAR-T before you go? Oh, sure. So CAR-T therapy is where we are isolating T cells from the patient and we are engineering them to be exquisitely specific to the tumor cells in the patient's body. And so we take them and we collect them, we engineer them. It goes through an enormous amount of processing. And then we create a dose and we infuse them back into the patient. And those T cells are now designed to go and attack the B cells that are the problem, right? And so are the pathogenic B cells. And so it wipes them out. And then essentially the patient can kind of start from ground zero. They do go through, and this has been mitigated quite a bit, but there have been some clinical side effects, but they've been learning how to manage that. And like I said, the CAR T cells now, I think we're on our fourth generation. And we're even looking at dual specificities, which just speaks to the way this process is evolving. Just at such a rapid pace. But at the time, I didn't know anything about it. And I didn't know much about our transplant program either. And so I immediately asked, use one of my electives to rotate through our cell therapy lab, which is on a much smaller scale than it is here at the Mayo Clinic. And so that was really the first experience I had uh, that also allowed me to understand that that cellular therapy is a marriage. It's this marriage of clinical and laboratory medicine that I love. That's kind of how I got into it. And then I got here and obviously uh, the story has unfolded through multiple trainings and fellowships. Uh, and now I have the privilege of working with some of the greatest minds in the field, to be honest. <laughs> That's so cool. So one of the things that kind of struck me as you were talking and sharing that story is just this rapid pace of advancement. And in fact, I was just on a transplant grand rounds yesterday and somebody was talking about, you know, in the last 10 years, they've had two new treatments for uh, the condition they were talking about. This pace is a lot faster than that. (laughs) And so I imagine that there's some really um, unique challenges, or I guess I like to think of them as opportunities. (laughs) So can you share with us from your perspective, working in such a fast paced area, and certainly I was coming on board in this area. What's been kind of a unique challenge uh, that you've had to navigate and how, how have you done that? Yeah, that's good. I, <laughs> I like the use of the word challenge and fast pace. But so I think I'm going to just say that I'm going to look at everything as an opportunity, even the decisions that I, I think I wish that I would, or that I know retrospectively that I would, I would do differently because that's also an opportunity to learn. But I think you nailed it. The fast paced environment of this or the, the way this, is growing and expanding and um, keeping up with it is certainly a challenge because it is so versatile. So that being said, I think one of the other challenges is the diversity, the clinical indications for which we use cell therapies to target are just incredible. You're looking at regrowing cartilage and arthritic knees with MSCs to targeting tumor antigens with dendritic cells and glioblastoma literally repopulating a patient's bone marrow with hematopoietic stem cells. I think some of the challenges are really understanding the clinical needs and then how do we provide a drug that's going to be effective and keeping up with that. So I think the pace is really the biggest challenge. For more laboratory education, including a listing of live conferences, webinars, and on-demand content, visit news.mayocliniclabs.com forward slash education.
So I want to dig into this a little bit. One thing that I know that's a challenge, having talked with a lot of other attendings in pathology is and outside, is keeping up with the literature. And so that seems like for many of the hats that you're kind of wearing and, you know, there's deadlines on many things. Once you're out of training, there's not really the deadline about have you read your cellular therapy journal for this month or have you kept up with the recent articles? How have you approached keeping up with the literature? Have you figured out a a way of setting some kind of calendar reminder or have you been able to kind of set uh, alert for new papers or talking with colleagues? What's been your strategy? My honest answer is that my strategy is evolving. (laughs) This is, I think, a challenge for every clinician. A couple of things that I would say that are really, I found really useful, conferences, but then also I try to spend a half an hour a day going through an article. I really do. It's hard to sit down and stay focused on it, but I try to make it consistent. That's what I would say, is be consistent. Short of waiting for them to, you know, to come out on Audible, I'm not really sure how I could, (laughs) I would love for somebody to read me these papers while I'm driving to and from work. So that's my ask out there in case anybody's really listening. I really try to be consistent. And also I will say that as my projects come along, so we get new requests all the time and I try to do an initial and although um, abbreviated lit search and I start to organize them. And I think organization is the key. So that has helped tremendously. So using EndNote or even just the PubMed files, I have an enormous amount of organization um, within my PubMed account. And so that way they're easily accessed and I can continuously go back. (laughs) I I think that's a brilliant answer. and, And I really appreciate your honesty with this idea of this is an iterative process. Uh, to me, that, that shows me that you're constantly learning, right? And, mm-hmm. and not getting stuck in one way or another way. Because certainly if we get stuck in the mud and we just continue to spin our wheels, it's time to go get the kitty litter out. <laughs> <laughs> when I first started doing my literature searches, I used to think about, I really want to know this paper inside and out. I want to be able to give back all this information, right? I want to be able to quote the sensitivity and the specificities and I want to be able to name the authors and I want to be able to do all of that. And that's not actually the most important part. For me, my first look at these papers is concepts and really understanding the big idea. And then eventually I get into the weeds and the details, but remembering the author's names, while very important, that's not what I realize my goal has to be upfront. Uh, just knowing that my resources are out there. I think knowing what your resources are is your most important piece because when you get the question, you're going to know where to find the answer. I think that is really wonderful probably for our listeners to hear because I'm sure all of us have colleagues that are like the walking encyclopedia that can just yes. drop names <laughs> and pull out yep. papers in an impressive way. Yes. And uh, for the rest of us mere mortals, I think it's just a, a beautiful way to say that stop and think about what's your goal. And I certainly, I, I see your wisdom in when you're starting out a lich search, it's really what's this concept that they're talking about? And then later it's how did they test it and such. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's really keen for our listeners to kind of peg on. 
I want to kind of close with one of the challenges I thought about as I was talking with your colleague, Dr. Dietz, and then you now, and just there's all this potential for cellular therapy. And I think that it just becomes this, it's everything, but then it's so hard to get our arms around it. But I'm curious, what is one direction you see this field of cellular therapy moving over these next five years? Because there might be some listeners that this is the thread that kind of is their entry point to cellular therapy. Oh, good. No pressure there. Thanks for that one. (laughs) With our med students' future careers here on the line. So I actually have to laugh when you say, what's the one direction that you see cellular therapy going in? (laughs) What is one? Not Because I I see about a thousand. And right now I've got the paper strewn all over my desk to prove it. So um, I don't have a good answer because I think it's going to move in so many directions from a non-scientific perspective, from a non-indication perspective, because I think you're going to see it really become even more targeted for these Uh, leukemias and lymphomas. And I think you're really going to start, I think the specificity of the targets is going to just become so nuanced and exquisite. And I think the other piece of this that we haven't really talked about, moving past the scientific aspect, I think it's going to become much more available, right? I think that this is going to become a common part of the conversation when you're discussing therapeutic options with your patients. And the fact is, is that while we have the privilege of practicing here at the Mayo Clinic with the resources and the you know, surrounded by just a plethora of resources, really, at the end of the day, I think it's going to become more applicable and more a part of mainstream medicine. That's what I think. Um, and so I think it, you better get on board because it's really cool. it's coming. <laughs> So, okay, there's two ways we've just circled this, come full circle in this interview back to the why, right? We've reiterated the cool factor, but then also this component of this is really going to be going mainstream and this will be available. And it makes me think about 10 plus years ago when I was getting into pathology, I remember interviewing with people while I had an interest in molecular and people were saying, oh yeah, you know, in the near future, you're just going to have to speak molecular. That's yeah. that's going to be a component of life when we're talking about cancers. You know, it's mm-hmm. not going to be enough to say that it's acute leukemia. It's you know, what are these mutations? Yeah. Are they're just going to be profound? And I think what you're really bringing us full circle to is that right now, cellular therapy might be this sort of not as widely available, but very talked about. Some people might even say hyped. As the future rolls out, you really are are forecasting that this is going to become a uh, commonly available product or options, you know, maybe like a a red cell transfusion. There you go. I mean, look at that. That's like, that that is the origin right there of cell therapy. Well, you just watch. We're going to save this clip. <laughs> and, you know, five, 10 years, we're going to be like predicted here by Dr. DeGuardo. <laughs> We've been yeah. rounding with Dr. Maggie DeGuardo. Thank you so much for taking uh, the time to discuss cell therapy with us. I think, Dr. DeGuardo, you really gave us a flavor for what this is. You, you've started to help us get our arms around this, this challenging topic, and you've really uh, brought it back to the cool factor. Well, thanks for having me. It's always good to see you. Thanks for joining us today. We invite you to share your thoughts and suggestions via email. Please direct any questions or suggestions to mcleducation at mayo.edu and reference this podcast. If you've enjoyed Lab Medicine Rounds, please subscribe. 
Until our next rounds together, we encourage you to continue to connect lab medicine and the clinical practice through insightful conversations. Thank you.